And the other thing I would encourage you to do is make some time to maybe email Pat or me some questions and let's sit down, let's have some coffee and let's talk about it because I can't think of any better way to spend my afternoon. So seriously, um, read the Gospels. Let's talk about it. Go back to the podcast. Let's figure out, does God still heal today? And it's important that we actually ask ourselves these questions because here at Vineyard, we talk a lot about partnering with the Holy Spirit to do the ministry of Jesus Christ, right? Well, how are we going to do the ministry? How are we even going to get to that point where we're like, yeah, let's try something if we don't even really believe, you know, God heals or that he shows up. And so I think it's a good place to start by asking questions. And that's, um, that's not a bad place to be in. And so uh, today I want to give just a few illustrations and different stories of God's healing and also, of course, look at some of the biblical accounts of it because, you know, without the Bible, a lot of it is just my stories, right? And so, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about what it looks like when God brings wholeness into the chaos because that's what God does all the time. All throughout the whole story of the Bible, there is chaos and God comes down and he brings wholeness. And that's what he wants to do in people's lives too. He wants to bring wholeness. He wants us to live life abundantly through him. And so let's just welcome Holy Spirit because he's already here. We don't have to invite him. Let's just welcome him and acknowledge his presence now. So Holy Spirit, we are so excited that you are here with us. Just come fill us. Let us know that you are here. Show us signs and wonders. We're excited. Amen. Okay, so the big question at hand is, have you ever prayed for someone and you haven't seen any healing come from it? (laughs) You know, it's a pretty common story. How many of us have prayed maybe really, really, really hard for someone and it seemed like absolutely nothing happened? Well, I think that puts us into a different camp, just depending who we are, of thought. Some of us go, well, I guess God doesn't really care after all. You know, I guess he didn't really want to heal, or maybe he doesn't really do that. Maybe God isn't as good as he says he is. And that's dangerous because God is so good. And so um, it can just get you in this really dark place. You know, is God who he really says he is? Is he good? And then for some of us, we're going to go, Maybe I didn't have enough faith, or maybe this is just reserved for a select few and I'm actually not one of them, or maybe this is just great for Pat to do, or Rhonda, or someone else, but like that's not my story. That's not who I am. And then some of us may even go, well, it it was the person's fault. They didn't have enough faith. Well, you know, God is good. I'm good. They didn't have enough faith. And and so I, I think I see all three of these responses. And the reason that I hate seeing these responses is because it prevents us from pressing into what God is really doing in people's lives. You know, if we don't think we're good enough, if we don't really know who we are, if we don't think, you know, the living God is within us and wants to unfold his kingdom using us, then, yeah, like, we're not going to jump at the opportunity to pray for someone because we really need to come from this, like, as an identity. Like, I am a child of God, and I know that I have the power because of who lives inside of me. And so I guess this all leads to one question. If God is living inside of us and he is doing all this stuff, why don't we see more healing happening today? 
And I really think there's a couple reasons for this. And one of them is that the kingdom has come, but is still coming. And so, yeah, there's, there's sometimes it just doesn't happen. It's at, you know, that delayed, it's at hand, it's coming. But I also think it's because we really want a formulaic way of seeing healing done. And Jesus actually goes to great lengths in the Bible to show us that formula, the formula of healing, there isn't one. There's just not. And so we can look at a bunch of different ways that Jesus healed in the Bible. And I'm just going to go over a couple because they're all different. So Jesus, um, someone came up to him and asked for his sight to be restored. And Jesus looked at him and said, hey, your faith has made you well. Go. And he was healed. So, yeah, faith had a part of his healing. That's great. Um, Then there's some people that had zero faith, like Lazarus, because he was dead. He had zero faith. And still, Jesus was like, rise up. And guess what? He did because, well, the faith didn't really matter. And so Jesus was able to still heal him. Some people were healed um, when they touched Jesus. Others were touched by Jesus and were healed. Others had demons cast out of them, and that brought the healing. And then some had their sins forgiven, and they were healed. And then there's even this crazy story about Jesus having to pray two times for a blind man before he was fully restored. So there's not a formulaic way of doing healing, and it comes through all different kinds of avenues, even in the Bible. But it says that Jesus came to sozo the world. You know, in John 3, 17, it says, for God did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That word save is always sozo in the Bible. It's the original word, and it's a three-folded word. It means saved, healed, and delivered. So he's saying, I have come to save the world, yes, through salvation, but also healing and deliverance. I have come to bring healing and wholeness. And so healing is rarely just one-dimensional. And what I want to talk about today is actually an integrated healing model. And I laugh because this is like hundreds of hours of training. I've maybe had maybe like five. (laughs) And so I definitely don't know all of it. (laughs) This is hundreds of hours. And uh, we teach this in our School of Kingdom Ministry. And we spend one full hour on each section of these through the time of a month. So there is a lot of information that I'm going to try to squeeze into like eight minutes. So I'm not going to do probably the best job. And if you have questions and concerns, or if you're like, you know what, I would like to do that. Or also I would maybe like to get some kind of prayer like that. That's kind of why I'm introducing it. One, I want to show that there's no formula, you know, saying be healed in the name of Jesus might work for some people. And that might be just perfect. That might be your like thing. You can just say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And everyone seems to get healed. That doesn't work for me in my life. I have to kind of use an integrated approach. And maybe that will work for you too. And so um, this integrated healing model is really about the realization that we're holistic people, right? We're body, mind, and soul. And the science has caught up to this. We know that um, through just like modern times or whatever, that if we have a really high stress job and now we kind of have heart issues, we're able to kind of link those in our mind, right? We're like, okay, stress, you might have, you know, cardiovascular issue attachment. Um, And then also we can say things like, you know, our emotional health will have a real impact on our physical health and vice versa. And, you know, if if we're just caught in spiritual uh, confusion and guilt and all these other things, then yeah, that may have an impact on our health in other ways. And so we realize that we are just really holistic people, body, mind, and soul. And um, so 
physical healing refers to our bodies, just the physical parts of us. And then there is inner healing. Inner healing is things like um, anger, grief, uh, maybe bad memories or good memories even. It's just who we are emotionally. And then we have spiritual healing. Spiritual healing a lot of times comes down to forgiveness. It's repairing relationship with Father and with Son and Holy Spirit. And when we kind of like heal those relationships, it seems like a lot of other things kind of come undone and it, it helps a lot. And then deliverance. Deliverance is a very real part of ministry. It is um, inner vows, you know, things that people have spoken over us our whole lives. Maybe I'm a failure or I'm this, I'm that. And that is a lot about deliverance. It's freeing ourselves from the lies that we've been told our whole lives, maybe by other people or maybe just the things that we tell ourselves. And also demons are a part of this. And the enemy is slimy. He likes to come in and really attach himself to these different areas. And so it makes sense that, you know, as we become spiritually free, that, you know, he doesn't really like that. And he might try to, like, tell you other things. So it's just a real part of who we are. And I want to look really quick at a few verses because once you start reading through the Gospels, you realize that basically all Jesus does is integrated healing. And so we're going to start in Matthew. Chapter 9, it says, And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid. And then they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. And so here what we notice is there's an interplay happening. There's a forgiveness, which is spiritual healing, right, followed by a physical healing. He says, your sins are forgiven. He is spiritually healing him. And then through that, what is manifesting is a physical healing. And so we see something similar happening in Mark. In Mark chapter 9, it says, and when Jesus saw the crowd that came running to Sorry, I can't see hardly. Okay, so a crowd came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so much so that they thought he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. So in this case, a deliverance and a physical healing were linked together. And Jesus even calls a spirit a deaf and mute spirit. So he's saying that by the, the pain that was in his body was being caused by this demonic thing on him. And so Jesus delivers the boy and he is freed of physical elements too. And then I wanna look at one more in Luke. And like I said, as you just kind of start reading, you realize that Jesus is doing all kinds of stuff. He's not just taking care of physical needs. He's taking care of people emotionally and spiritually and even delivering them at the same time. He's bringing sozo. He's bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance. All right, this is uh, Luke 13. It says, 
Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called out to her and said, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And then he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And then people got mad because he was healing on the Sabbath, you know, as always. And, and down in verse 16, they said, And ought this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath day. And so again, Jesus perceives that this is a disease that is being caused by a spiritual origin. And so he simply just prays this authoritative prayer and says, be gone. And then we find out for 18 years, she's been stuck, bent over. And because of that, Um, the manifestation that we see, the proof that we see that she has been delivered is now she can stand up straight. So all throughout the Bible, we just see story after story where these things are all intercollided. I don't know if that's a word, but I made it up. So um, I want to end today just by telling you a story of how this plays out in real life. I want to tell you how this really looks because I know that's a lot of information But really, this comes down to two things. You're going to ask the person in front of you how they're doing, and you're going to ask the Holy Spirit, what am I not seeing? And it's just this constant interplay. As ministers, we just stand in the middle, and we help the person receive what God has for them. And sometimes that means listening really well um, to what Holy Spirit is saying and just kind of trying to, uh, like, tell them (laughs) the interpretation of that. And it's also asking how that person's doing and then um, asking for more of the Holy Spirit to be revealed. And so I want to preface the story by saying that this is a real story, so I'm going to hide a lot of details in it just to protect her privacy. And um, so, um, yeah, but you can, she's actually a vineyard pastor, and she totally wouldn't mind me sharing this, she said at some point. So (laughs) I'm just using it. I promise if you have a story, I won't share it without asking. But I wanted to tell the story because I think it, it just fits really well into today. But we were in a Holy Spirit ministry type small group together a couple years ago. And um, she, she was like, can I get some prayer for my wrist? Immediately, I'm scared. Every time I hear a wrist pain, I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be a thing. But we're like, sure, sure, let's, let's pray for your wrist. And so um, we start praying, and um, after a few minutes, we're like, how's your pain? How are you doing? And, you know, we're putting our hands on her, and we're like, how are you? And she's like, exactly the same. Nothing's changed. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so in my head, this is kind of what happens. You know, if we're praying and someone gets like a little better or feels something, then I'd say let's pray again. Let's, you know, kind of Jesus had to pray twice for someone. We might have to pray twice for someone too. That's fine. Um, and sometimes that just isn't the case. And it seems like nothing is happening. So what do you do at that case? Um, so you start asking Holy Spirit, show me what I'm not seeing. You know, I'm not going to pray again. Um, It doesn't seem like anything's happening. I kind of doubt this is a physical thing totally. So show me what is up. And um, as I'm praying this, other people in the group are obviously praying it too. And someone got a word of knowledge. And this is just like a factual, like, thing that God will drop in our heads and be like, you know, this is either true or not true. Ask them. (laughs) And so they're like, um, you know, I feel this, like, really intense heaviness on you like a grief that's very heavy. You're really, really brokenhearted. Is that right? And she was like, yeah, 
actually, um, they, everyone knew it, had infertility issues for a long time. And she was telling us that just that Sunday before this happened, uh, she had miscarried for her 12th time. And she um, kind of sat there and was like, hey, and that's about the time my wrist started to hurt really bad. So immediately we kind of shift from just this physical healing where it was just a wrist to now let's deal with some of the inner healing. Let's deal with this emotional healing that's happening. And so we begin to minister to her in the hurt of this miscarriage. Now, this is not a magic routine, so you can stop and ask people how they are. You, you don't have to just know how everyone feels all the time, right? Just because we believe in prophetic ministry doesn't mean that we can't stop and ask people how they actually feel. So, you know, the whole time, just make sure you're stopping. How are you doing? What are you feeling? How, how is your heart? What are you doing in this? And so um, she begins to tell us after a few minutes of praying that, you know, she just feels very unseen and rejected by God. And it wasn't just because of this, but there was something else that was happening at the same time. And she just felt so rejected. And she was like, I just, I don't feel like I've been chosen. I feel like I'm just grasping at straws in my life. And so we are now just aware in our heads that we're kind of not dealing with so much emotional healing, but it seems like there's actually a spiritual healing here. There is a lot going on in the spirit realm with her and father and not feeling loved by God and feeling rejected. Like that is definitely a spiritual issue. And you might ask yourself, what do I say in that situation? Well, that's a good question. I, (laughs) and I remember when I first started, I had no idea what to say. I'd just be like, uh. (laughs) But the truth is, like, you find the truth in the Bible. You are not rejected. There's tons and tons of verses about being chosen by God, about uh, being sons and daughters. Like, all creation is waiting for your sons and daughters to be revealed, you know. You can go back to Genesis and say you're made in the image of God. You are like God in so many different ways. And so there's so many different ways to pursue that. But look for truth and go to the Bible. Find scripture that says whatever lie they're believing and contradict it through scripture. And so that's what you do. You just say, hey, you're not rejected. You are loved. You are known. You are cared about. God does love and see you. And um, so as we do this, I mean, sometimes this can be a lengthy process. I think this whole prayer encounter probably took 45 minutes. Um, So, you know, as we're doing that, we kind of all just feel peace. And it's like, all right, how are we? And she's like, you know what? I feel a lot of peace, and we're all like, yeah, we feel like things are good. And then, <laughs> fun story, she's, ministry is messy. She gets up, runs to the bathroom, starts throwing up all over the place. So, great, yeah, yeah, it, it happens. So, anyway, so we're like, okay, in my head, and I'm sure everyone else's head, we all kind of, we're on the same page. We're now kind of in a deliverance thing, which makes sense, because guess what? She just believed a lot of lies that she was unloved by God and now the truth is that she is loved by God and the enemy is slimy right like I said earlier he likes to hook on to that so he's not exactly happy and so Jesus comes across demons all the time and what does he do yeah he just says go (laughs) and so we say in the name of Jesus go and then they leave um we like to make this big and scary and make it seem like it's a really big deal, but really, uh, demons are like spiritual mosquitoes, and you just kind of have to swat, 
and they like instantly leave and it's really not a big deal. She wasn't levitating, her head wasn't spinning around. Nothing crazy was happening. She just like didn't feel good. And um, so we uh, say in the name of Jesus, go, it leaves. And she goes, you know, I didn't realize it, but I was living in a fog. And she's like, things seem real now. She's like, things seem more real than they have in a long time. And we're like, oh, cool, freedom. Um, So we do like a few more things and we wrap it up. Like I said, it took probably about 45 minutes. And so at the end, we're like all at peace and we're just kind of sitting there and we're like, God, that was a lot. Like you did a lot. You brought like wholeness from the chaos. Like this was cool. And um, we're all just sitting there and I'm like, oh, how's your wrist? And she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) She's like, it's totally fine and 100% healed. So there's no formulaic way of doing healing. I love when in the name of Jesus be healed works. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it's just because we're integrated people and there's more than is at surface level. And so, um, and I want to be really cautious to say that sometimes inner healing is just inner healing or sometimes just bodily healing is physical healing, right? And so this past week, actually, I was on a Zoom call where we were just praying for each other at the end. And the one guy uh, says, hey, I need healing for my hip. Can someone pray for me? So I was like, sure. So we pray and um, I ask him real quick and I'm like, five-step prayer model, right? So I'm like, "Um, how did that happen? Like, what's it feel like? And he's like, well, I heard it in high school playing sports and he's like 60 years old and was in a mosh pit. And he's like, so I reheard it. And I was like, yeah, that that sounds like that would do that. And um, so he, he was like, oh, okay, you know, like whatever. So we prayed instantly healed like that. He stands up. He's like, totally pain-free. He's been in agony for a week. And he was like, okay, that was great. Thanks, God. Um, So the next guy, so that was a physical healing. That was just a physical healing. We didn't have to go casting out demons, right? Like it was just a, it was a hurt hip. And that's what happens with injuries sometimes, right? We're physical people. And so the other guy, he was like, oh, I want prayer too. Uh, He was younger and he has this rash all over his body. And he's like, no doctor can figure out what it is. And instantly I'm like, this is not a physical thing. Um, So he's like, (laughs) no doctor knows what it is. No allergist can diagnose it. They thought it was gluten, so I took out gluten. Then they thought it was eggs, and it's not this, and it's not that. So basically I'm just a mystery. And I'm like, well, it could just be a physical healing, so let's pray and see if that works. And it didn't. And I was like, yeah, we'll have to get back to that one day. So that's when my red flags start going up, that we are holistic people, and it's probably something a little deeper than just a physical problem. And that's when it's really useful to have kind of a grid for healing because it's really discouraging, right? If you pray on the prayer team and you're praying for a lot of people on Sunday morning, it seems like not a lot of people are getting healed. That's because we're holistic people. And I think there's just a lot more to healing than sometimes we realize right on the surface. And it's okay because guess what? People are still going to get healed on a Sunday morning because God is good enough to break through all those barriers for starters. And so sometimes, you know, the healing comes first, the physical healing, and then everything else will follow suit. Sometimes, um, you know, it is just a physical need or an emotional need, and we can pray through those things right then and there. And so God came so we could be whole. God came and lived inside of you. If you believe in Jesus, if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, then he said, go and do even greater things than I am doing. And he gave us authority and power to go out and show the world to show the whole kingdom really of God 
that he is good. And so he is God. He is living inside us. And he says, go, go and do these things. And our job is to press into it. Our job is to say, okay, okay, I'll try. (laughs) And sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't. And I've practiced this integrated healing a whole lot. And there's still times when I'm like, yeah, I'm really tired. We'll try this again tomorrow. Like, it's just not happening. Um, So I'd say just practice, try, take a risk and know who you are. You have been created for this. This is your purpose. This is your purpose to bring the kingdom of God. And he's using it. He's using all things to bring him glory, right? And so, um, yeah, I just want to end today on that note of saying that, you know, you have been saved, healed, and delivered. So if you feel like you're not living in a whole lot of freedom from, you know, whatever it is, I would get prayer for that because he has called us to be whole people and that's what he came to do. So you should be living whole lives. And so if that's you, get some prayer today. But he wants to bring the wholeness not just to you but to the whole world through you. And I just love that he wants to partner with us to do this. It's pretty amazing. Of of all the creation he could have picked, he chose us. And so um, can I get four people to come up and serve communion?